right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Bourbon Showdown Podcast. My name is Jesse Jones, and on the show today, we have Mike Montgomery from Blue Run Spirits. That's right, that beautiful butterfly, that kick-ass bottle, and that wonderful liquid that has just been... I can't find it, to tell you the truth. I was going to say it's been everywhere, but I wish it was everywhere. Every time you get a bottle, it goes away, and then you can't find another one because this stuff is just flying off the shelf right now. It was awesome to sit down with Mike and talk to him about everything that went into making Blue Run. And you guys aren't going to believe it. I mean, this is like a super team. This is like a 1980 super group of, of smart people that have come together to create this amazing whiskey and these amazing. Uh, whiskey expressions so we want to thank Mike for being on the show today and we want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening week after week we're getting so many wonderful emails so much love coming from you guys keep coming back keep listening we've got more people on the way this season's just been so much fun to do and we have you guys to thank for it because without you guys we wouldn't be able to do this every week so thank you if you would please hit like and subscribe find us on Instagram find us on YouTube find us on Apple Podcasts Spotify, wherever you listen to things, we're there. And without further ado, we're going to get this thing started right now. It's Mike Montgomery on the Bourbon Showdown podcast. Let's start the show. With us today, we have Mike Montgomery from Blue Run Spirits and uh, the delicious 13-year bottle that's taken the whiskey world by storm. What's up, man? That's right. Um, everything's good. Everything's good. Just uh, just trying to, to to follow that up with a you know with another hit. Well, yes, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that because I can only wow. imagine how daunting it is uh, where you're going to go next. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, We've been shooting the ship for a minute already, but uh, but tell me about the beginning. We're talking about the synergy. We're talking about keeping your ear uh, to the train tracks and seeing what's coming your way. How did Blue Run get started? Um, it's such it's such a fun it's a, such a fun story to talk about. Um, I got a call one day from uh, from a business partner of mine named uh, Jesse McKnight. And uh, Jesse was born in, in Georgetown, Kentucky. Um, he lived uh, across the street from the house, uh, from, from Elijah Craig's house. Really? Um, really. Like, you know, you ever, Jesse, you ever, throw a, <laughs> you ever throw a Nerf football in the wind? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, it kind of wobbles and, uh, you know, it's sometimes hard to get there, right? Sometimes you miss your receiver by about, you know, 30 yards. Well, sure. Yep. Yep. Jesse, in my, in my Jesse case, could, maybe a little longer than 30 yards. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, 31. Um, <laughs> and, um, oops, sorry about that. I got all excited. Um, so Jesse could stand on his front porch uh, and throw a Nerf football in the wind and nail Elijah Craig's front door without effort. That's crazy. Um, and so, I mean, he grew up in this, you know, kind of the, the cradle of all of this. Um, but, you know, when he was growing up, he was, um, uh, you know, this is in Scott County um, in Kentucky. And Scott County, uh, at, you know, after Prohibition was dry. Right. Before Prohibition, they had a handful of distilleries. Um, and, um, you know, it was dry and distillery, li distillery lists, that's hard to say. 
say that like <laughs> twice in a row. Um, and so Jesse always wanted to figure out how to bring bourbon back to Scott County and Georgetown specifically. Right. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, Jesse's dad was a, it was a history major. Jesse himself, uh, was a history major at, uh, at UK. Um, and the guy who owns uh, and lives in the Elijah Craig house, um, you know, was a history professor at, at uh, Georgetown college in Georgetown. Right. And so Jesse would get these tours and you get to see the property. Um, that, pro- that property abuts something called the Royal Spring, um, which Jesse grew up calling um, the Blue Run. Um, I think in part because, right, Elijah Craig had a church called the Blue Run Baptist Church. And it just, you know, as a kid, it's just kind of what he called it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, as you, you're like, yeah, there's yeah, there aha moment. Right. The aha moment. But Jesse called me one day and said, Hey, you know, there's opportunities to buy some barrels of bourbon here. Should, should we do it? You know, at the time I thought was like, eh, I'll stick to drinking it. I, I mean, you know, maybe there's two or three or five barrels that doesn't seem like a business, but right. um, you know, the more we looked at it, the more we thought this is, this is a really an opportunity. And right? what were this you doing when he called you? Like, what, what were you doing when he called you? Like, uh, like when you were getting started, what was your, what, what path were oh, you on? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny. Cause you ask, I mean, I remember exactly where I was, you know, time of day, all that stuff. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I was doing political affairs, uh, uh, consulting, um, working on a variety of, uh, you know, public it's public affairs and, 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 uh, and PR, uh, you know, melded together. I come from a political background. So, um, you know, when I, uh, when I first got into politics, I, uh, I raised money for, uh, for a guy named Gray Davis, who, uh, at the time was running for reelection for governor of, of, uh, California. Um, I moved on and did some, uh, some lobbying work in San Francisco and Sacramento, uh, and then, um, and then hooked up with, uh, uh, the guy who, uh, at the time was the mayor of San Francisco, Gavin Newsom. He's now the governor. Um, and I ran his, uh, his national fundraising for a handful of years. Um, and, uh, uh, before I broke out and, uh, you know, hung my own shingle and got in, uh, started my own business. And, um, you know, I've always had this entrepreneurial itch. Um, I've always, uh, not always, I mean, who's always, I, I was going to say, I've always enjoyed bourbon, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I you remember know, as I, a I, child at 10 years old, yeah. I would go outside and <laughs> the other kids would say, you want to play baseball? And I'd say only if it's with rye whiskey. That's right. That's right. And you had to, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, I needed some of that rye whiskey after I got, you know, the bean ball thrown at me. Um, <laughs> Uh, but you know, I, it's funny you bring it up because I have this picture uh, uh, of uh, from I- the early '80s. My aunt, uh, we were at a, uh, a it was a Chris, it was Christmas night, and my aunt let me have a sip of her bourbon. And I've got this look on my, I'm probably like you know, uh, ten years old, and I've got this look on my face like oh, this is gonna kill me. Um, <laughs> turns out, turns out I actually like the stuff, um, and. Um, you know, as I've gotten older, I've, I've come to the realization that, um, you know, the bourbon that I drank in my twenties, um, is not the bourbon I want to drink in my thirties and forties and exactly. beyond. 
Right. Um, so, so yeah, Jesse called and, and we started, we, we started vetting this and started doing our due diligence. Um, and, you know, we came to this conclusion that this is, this is certainly a viable business. Um, but we were only willing to do it if we could do things differently. Right. Okay. Like there are plenty of brands out there that name, you know, their, their, their product, uh, you know, very, very old Jesse's. Right. Right. Like, and they've got a tan label with brown writing on it. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of standard issue. Right. right. Um, so we wanted to try to do things differently. Um, we wanted to be, we wanted to have an outsider's perspective, but we still want to be tethered to the industry somehow. Um, and so we started building this team. Um, and, uh, you know, that came together well. One of the, one of the main components was, was bringing in Devin McKnight, uh, who's, uh, you know, the head lifestyle designer at, uh, at Nike, um, because we wanted to reimagine what a bottle could look like. Um, you well, know, I was going to say, you, you, you yeah. really, uh, but, but you did, you assembled like a super team when you were putting yeah. together, uh, uh, the, the blue run, uh, founders, uh, yeah. uh, because he, Nike designer. Tell me a little bit more about his background because he designed a, a beautiful bottle. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, uh, you know, he's an artist who can think like, um, like a businessman, um, which is you know, he's, Yeah. Right. Um, you know, he's, he's easy to work with, uh, you know, artists can be, um, can sometimes be a little bit more difficult and, and, uh, high maintenance, you know, high maintenance and, and, um, I mean, they bring amazing things to the table. You know, he's this, he's kind of a perfect mix. Um, and he had this vision early on of, of what, what he was looking for. Um, you know, I like to say that I can't draw a stick figure and that's probably true. Um, and that's why I zeroed in on Devin, uh, early on, you know, he, he just, he fits, he fits the mold for what, for, for what we were looking for, you know, in the beginning. Um, well, that creative force is so necessary, especially in today's market when there's so many different companies vying for shelf space. You have to make yourself stand out. Uh, I, I, I love so many companies that fall under so many categories. But to your point a moment ago, if you look like everybody else, you can kind of blend into the background a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, our, our vision uh, was that, you know, in a, we never, and you know, we, we never expected a pandemic, but what, what our vision was is that people would walk into a bar and say, what is that? Right. Right. And excuse me, unlike, you know, unlike scotch, um, you know, with these names that are difficult to pronounce and you may, you feel a little bit sheepish and can I, you know, can I get that one that starts with the L and ends with the G with a bunch of letters in between, right? You got to put a brogue to it as well. Can I get a Lafroig? <laughs> if you're, if you're ever not sure how to order a scotch, just say what you're thinking and make it sound kind of angry. Like, I'll take a Lafroig. And they'll be like, oh, yes, sir. Right away, sir. And then they'll bring you some brown liquid. That will be delicious. That's right. That's right. We wanted to make it more approachable, right? We wanted to make it more identifiable. Um, there's, there's an aspect of, of um, you know, the, the, the kind of the, the founding tenets for our company were youth, aspiration, and inclusivity. Um, and 
you know, the, the idea with youth being um, not like we're encouraging underage drinking by any means, because we're not, <laughs> um, but, but what we're encouraging is um, more people to be willing to give it a shot. Right, right. Right. I mean, we see, we see this bourbon community growing and growing. you you see it all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's, uh, people are drinking, drinking brown spirits, uh, more and more and more, um, you know, vodkas, uh, on, on the decline. Um, and which is crazy know, considering in the early nineties, it was vodka, man. Like, like, yeah. uh, sky and yeah, um, absolute enough. So um, that you had like, uh, uh, you know, Jay-Z owned a vodka, Puff Daddy yeah. owned a vodka. Like it was the champagne room. It, it was like the higher end of, uh, you were watching music videos and they were drinking yeah. freaking vodka. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it, we, we kind of modeled some of our, uh, you know, some of the business plan around um, the metamorphosis that, the vodka industry experienced. Right. Um, right. I, you know, we don't think that, that bourbon has really experienced that yet. Um, you know, it's, it's been siloed and the growth is astronomical, oh, but there are a lot of lessons to be learned and picked up upon. Um, and, you know, design is great, but at the same time, uh, you know, I mentioned, you know, there's, there's, there's a way to be, kind of tethered to the heritage of the industry as well. Um, and Jesse growing up at Georgetown helps. Um, but this guy named Jim Rutledge also helps. I was going to say he's a pretty key component there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Explain like to people it, who that is a little bit because he is a, he's a well-known name in the industry. Yeah. So Jim Rutledge is, uh, first of all, he's, um, uh, he's a great human being. You just take, you strip bourbon out of it. Um, he's one hell of a person. Um, he's just, a, he's, he's, you know, everything you could ask for. Um, he's kind, insightful, um, you know, patient, um, everything that, uh, you know, everything that, that we all want to be in life, um, you know, more and more. Um, well, and I think Jim, that's the beauty of whiskey too, you know, like yeah. so many of our industries, like uh, you coming from politics, him coming from Nike, uh, another person coming from Facebook, like there are, there's a pace to all of those industries that's so thousand mile an hour. I, I, I was in marketing for years and, and there is a calm to the whiskey industry that I'm absolutely fascinated with because and there are openness. very... Yeah, the, an openness to teach and an openness to yeah. include others in why this is so good. And I, I, I always wonder if that's because the bad times were so bad. You, you know what I mean? Like they've gone through it together. Like everybody that made it through the dark times, they had a very small community to go through it with. So now it's booming and they're all, they all know each other. They're all friends. They've got a community and they're so inclusive to let other people into it. And I think it comes from that and they want it to grow and flourish because it'll sustain itself. The more people that know it and love it and can preach it and, and help it move on down the road, you know, that's, Absolutely right, Jesse. And, you know, coming from politics, I'm used to sharp elbows and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, people looking to, you know, 
to whack you in the middle of the night, um, that sort of stuff. And uh, here, this industry is just open and welcoming and, you know, um, we all compete, but there's, there's a willingness to, to realize that we're all in it together. Right. Um, and I really, you know, I like that. And so Jim's been, you know, Jim's been amazing. Um, so, you know, for those who don't know, Jim is, uh, he's, um, he was in the inaugural class of the Kentucky bourbon hall of fame. Um, he was the first American entrant into the, uh, into the uh whiskey hall of fame that's with a with that's with no e right the y um and um you know he was the master distiller at four roses for a very long time um you know and helped lead that brand from uh you know back to the united states and make it really a household a household name but he's you know as far as i'm concerned he's as good as it gets completely Um, completely agree and so he really helped uh kind of round this out right um you know and take us from people who are really aspiring to uh you know to do this and and, and completed the puzzle for us and so and how you know, did you get him on that, board um you know i like to say luck um but you know <laughs> i remember that remember that first time uh yeah we, we were in uh we we're in louisville in a in a conference room and and he walked in and i you know, I, I felt like, um, you know, I, I felt like, like God walked into the room. Right. Um, right. you know, he doesn't want to be treated like that at all. Um, no, of course not. But, He's just good at what he does and very humble yeah, about it. Yeah. And, but it was awesome. It was like, <gasps> you know, it's Jim Rutledge. You got to try not to be a fanboy here. Um, <laughs> You know, but um, we had a really great talk about the vision that we had for what we were doing. And we asked him if he'd be willing to work with us. And it you know, floored me, but he said, yes. Beautiful. Like, sure, I'll help you guys out. Um, yeah. Did that just happen? Right, right. <laughs> you see it coming um, together, like literally in front of your eyes with, with, with yeah. one of the best people you could have it come together with. That's right. That's right. Um, and so, uh, you know, this team really did start to come together in a, in a really, you know, kind of in the way that I had envisioned, but never could have, you know, hoped, you know, for, right. right. So, um, you know, that's, it's, it's a, it's kind of a fun story. It's come together and, and, you know, so far and we're pleased with, with where we're at, but there's always more to do. Of course. So you ended up, uh, your buddy from, what was his name? The the guy from Elijah Craig's house. Oh yeah, that's Jesse. So Jesse, he finds the, the aged uh, Kentucky whiskey. Is that right? Yeah. He's, he's been a really good, he's been a really good source. I mean, he's the type of guy who walks down the street in, in Louisville and, you know, and people know, uh, him or he says, Oh, that's so-and-so, you know, or points out a former UK basketball player is like, you know, the people who are like royalty. Right. Um, right. and so, so he's been able to, to help yeah. us find, um, you know, different, different opportunities. And we sent, you know, for this first, for this first batch, we sent, uh, Jim upwards of about 30 samples. Uh, he said no to 29 of them. Um, 
you know, with, you know, fun flowery language. Uh, you know, I remember he, <laughs> he, uh, he turned down uh, a 15 year sample um, because he said it tasted med- uh, medicinal uh, like pine tar, almost as if he thought he was, uh, felt like he was chewing on a Louisville slugger. Um, you know, and it's kind of funny because, you know, there, there happens to be some 15 year hitting the market right now. Um, and, uh, it just, it didn't meet his standards. Um, right. 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 And so, you know, we keep trying, um, and that's, that's one side of it. It's great to be able to, I mean, to be a new brand, you kind of, you, you have to source or you have to, you know, spend a, a, you know, tens of millions of dollars and build a distillery and then put a right. drop of juice in a barrel and then you get to wait. It's like a gift that keeps on taking money. So we, we you know, we decided to start sourcing first, um, which we, which we did. And, and, uh, but we also had Jim uh, in the distillery for us last year. Um, so he's laying down new fill barrels for us and we're going to have okay. him uh, back in the distillery a couple of times again this year. So nice. You know, um, we can, we can kind of, uh, we can walk and chew gum at this point in time. Right. Right. So, so from the sourced material out of what you sent him, he found something that he liked and then you, you, everybody just sort of sits around the table and, and goes back and forth on how much of it to like, like what happens after you find what you want? Well, after we find what we want, um, you know, we'd already tasted it by then and we knew we liked it. We just didn't know, you know, if Jim was going to like it. Um, and, uh, you know, I have a, I have a much more forgiving palate. (laughs) Right. Having, having drank the, uh, you know, the, the, the leftover mop water in college, um, you know, um, we've all had that, right? Yeah. Do you think that's why it takes so much, so many of us, uh, into our thirties to get back to whiskey? It might, um, you know, we've just been drinking whatever's $2 for so long that you're, you're like, you know how, like, uh, I don't know how you are with tequila, but for the longest time, I couldn't even smell it. Just from that time of your life when it was like you, you just drank as much of it as you could, as quickly as you could. And and then yeah. uh, later you're like, oh, no, 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 can't do it. Yeah. I think I mean, you're a lot lucky of people stayed down, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the days of the Cuervo going down and then coming straight back up. It's just right. Totally. Um, so that totally. might be something to it. I always had to I always had to cut mine with with Coke. Um just to make it palatable. Um, really? not, the, not the tequila, not the tequila. Right. Right. We would, yeah. um, we, man, I, I've got so many memories of just like, um, Lance Riley showing up with a handle and, and, and by the end of the night, he's, he's foaming at the mouth with nothing on, but a chef's apron. You know what I mean? Like, like, uh, a legitimate story, uh, Mr. Lance Riley, tell me I'm wrong. Uh, so, so like beat this Lance Riley. Oh dude, I've got Lance stories for days. He, he was a madman. He, he now, um, I, I, I won't. I won't get him in trouble. He's a. He's a good dude. Though. Now, he's, now he's a priest. No, or something. Actually, right? he's a, a chemical engineer. Oh. <laughs> boy. Well, maybe it's time for him to start distilling. Oh, that, that's where I was going with that. He's one of yeah. those cats that was so smart that, like, he he was just light years ahead of people. Just be so smart that he had to like bring himself down to function <laughs> with normal people. 
You, you, you know what I mean? Like one of those guys. Yeah. Give you the yeah. shirt off his back, though. You just got to be uh, – he's one of those dudes you just – be honest with him. Whatever – because he's, he's going to – you don't agree with him, tell him. It's a lot better than placating him and then him <laughs> fight, catching you placating him and then kaboom. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Sounds awesome. Ups and downs. Yeah, life. So you've got the team together. You've assembled like just, it, it, and it really sounds like you've got like a like a Captain Planet of people where you've just got the best of everybody coming together. They throw the power rings up, and then boom, you've got this delicious whiskey. Yeah, yeah, and it's, uh, that's uh, that's a that's exactly how it happened. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean there were you know a lot of a lot of steps in between, and you know we've learned we've learned a lot of lessons along the way. Um, and we're continuing to learn them every day. Um, well, especially it, you being not in the industry, right? You, you had to like, you had to get a crash course in everything. Yeah. Yeah. What, what were some of the lessons that you learned in the early days of blue run? Oh boy. Um, you know, I think that, that, <laughs> there are plenty of lessons. Um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of, of a couple that would be, that would be, uh, you know, good to share. Um, you know, the first lesson is, um, you've got to have, um, you got to have a lot of confidence in the idea if you're going to launch during a pandemic. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, we expected, you know, I expected to be, you know, wandering down streets in Manhattan with a backpack full of bottles, selling them, you know, one by one as, as we go. We can't do that right now. Right. Yeah. Um, so everything that we had planned in terms of our launch, um, you know, we weren't able to, not everything, 70% of what we wanted to do for our launch wasn't, you know, we weren't able to do. Um, and so we had to shift gears and, and really try to figure out how to make this happen in a world where, you know, we weren't able to hop on planes and fly around the country. Um, you know, people were just starting to figure out like, Hey, I can do things on zoom. And, and, um, um, you know, the, the biggest, I think the biggest lesson is it's really, it's important to have a team that can get together and meet in person as much as possible. Right. Um, right. Because you know, we're, we're essentially raising this child together is, is kind of, is kind of how it works. Right. Really? And, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, it, it is, it's like this thing is born and it's not just gonna, it's just, it's not just going to grow up on its own. Excuse me. And, um, so being together, being, being um, able to communicate effectively is very hard to do um, when everyone is, is remote. I, and, man, you know, I haven't even thought about that. Like it's hard enough if you're an established brand that's already out there. How do you keep the name going? But you guys had to introduce yourselves <laughs> during this time period. Yeah, and we, we were very thoughtful about that too. Right. We, we had plenty of long conversations about whether it was, you know, whether October uh, of 2020 was the right time to launch a new brand. Right. right. But, you know, we kind of figured that people were mostly stuck at home, um, mostly looking for uh, something new, some sort of new experience. Um, you know, you can always have your everyday drinker, 
you know, your, your, you know, what, 30, 40, $50 bottle. Right. Um, but you know, I know here, you know, uh, we kill to go out to a, to a, to a restaurant and have a nice meal. My wife and I just, you know, kind of can't, I can't even remember the last time I've been in a restaurant. Um, it's crazy. So it? people, right. It's, it's just um, bizarre and how we've all adapted to it. Yeah. Or yeah, the best we can. Um, so, you know, launching in the middle of a pandemic is hard. Um, being together is important. Um, you know, we have a bunch of different vendors also who are, who are spread out across the world. Right. Um, right. And, and so we've, you know, we've threaded the needle in terms of supply chain, you know, supply chain is something that, you know, only Devin from the Nike side is ever really worried about, you know, on the Facebook side, you know, you can, you can push software, right? You can push totally. updates, um, you know, and so all these pieces have to come together. Um, it takes a bunch of detail oriented people. Um, it takes partners who, you know, selecting the right the right partners in not, not in terms of, of the company, but in terms of the business partners, you know, that we, that we chose the vendors we chose to work with um, to ensure that everything was going to come together. And it really was, it was, um, um, you know, it was almost like, uh, you know, you take these various parts and you've got to create a symphony out of them. Right. Um, and, you know, we feel that we, we hit the mark on the, on the first, on that first release. Um, I'd love to at some point in time hear what you thought of it or what oh, you think of it. I'm going to drink it with you here in a minute. Are you? Yeah. You sent me a sample. I'm going to, I'm going to, if I've never had it before, I always like to, uh, drink, have a sip of it with the, uh, person that, that it's the spirits of. <sighs> Awesome. Awesome. So, Most definitely, uh, man. We, that's, that's, uh, I'm very much looking forward to trying it. I've had, yeah, I've heard nothing but good things. You don't cheat yourself. Yes. You know, it's Friday. Why you not? Earned it. Yes. You earned this. <laughs> right. Right. I've it's talked about whiskey week. every day this week. Let's try some. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Enough talking. Enough talking. No. Um, so, um, you know, plenty of lessons, but ultimately, you know, it came together and, you know, it's been well received. We've gotten some, some excellent, uh, you know, some excellent reviews. Um, really good feedback. You know, I saw that, uh, that, that the tasting panel uh, scored at a 96. Um, a whiskey Advocate scored at a 91. Well, um, it, the scores the scores are great, but the word of mouth is phenomenal. Like, Oh, we agree. You're, you're, you got a review. Blue Run's design philosophy is reminiscent of how Elmer T. Lee reshaped bourbon when he first marketed Blanton's. I mean, good Lord, you have every word you need to just move to the freaking forefront of the consumer's imagination. They just heard Elmer T. Lee and Blanton's in the same yeah. conversation as Blue Run. I mean, that's huge. I know. It's, it's, it's humbling is really what that is. Um, you know, that's I mean, that, it's that, good that it's humbling. That, that, that's, that's even better because it shows uh, the empathy for the consumer that you'll need for the next step. Yeah, we, we um, first of all, I mean, that, what you just, that quote you read couldn't have come out better if I wrote it myself. And I don't think I could have written it that well. Right, right. right. Like, 
that sounds too, um, you know, uh, it's just too, that would be too much if it came out of, out of our mouths. Um, the tapestry is um, perfect. Yeah. And, and so, you know, that's, that's awesome. Um, but the word of mouth does help. I mean, um, you know, over the last uh, handful of months, I've met so many people and you see, you see this word kind of, kind of, uh, you know, happening mostly on social media, but you know, there, there are these, you know, there are these bourbon groups across the country that, you know, mm-hmm. you're probably a member of about, you know, 300 of them, a few, a few. And, um, you know, it's, it, we've caught on, we've caught in in a way, caught on in a way that we didn't expect to, to, you know, to accomplish this early. Well, I really think, um, First off, the team you assembled, you had everything where it should be in terms of right out of the gate, you were ready. You didn't have to play catch up at all. I think a lot of you were smart in sourcing up top just because, like you said, you didn't want to wait four years for something that you're just putting money into with nothing back on the return. Uh, but and, and boom, then you put yourself with frickin' Jim, who is just uh, <laughs> good Lord. You couldn't have found a better person there. But I really think your uh, your rabbit in the hole was Devin. I yeah. think his marketing, because when you guys, when, when the, when somebody told me to check out blue run and I went to your social page and I looked up some of your advertising, the photography is phenomenal. Like you guys come out looking like a million dollars and then, <laughs> That's awesome. but you very smartly put yourself with a price point that, uh, says you're getting high end here. Like sometimes people will overdo it. Sometimes people will underdo it. And there's nothing worse than having a phenomenal juice that you've undervalued because to the consumer, they want, they want that upper echelon. They want Pappy. They want Blanton's. They want Elmer T. Lee. And they see that price tag. They're like, holy shit. I know three things about this. The picture looks like a million bucks. I just read something where they're calling it Elmer T. Lee's Blanton's. And then boom, it's not 50 cents. So it's got to be good. Everything lines up with what my uh, consumer perspective thinks it should be. Yeah. We, we, uh, thanks for saying that we want, when people look at that bottle or they hold that bottle, we want them to feel that they're holding a luxury good. Exactly. Right. Exactly. This is a luck. This is a luxury item. You know, we use that word aspirational because, you know, we were, we were trying to think through like, what's a good way to celebrate or look forward to, you know, accomplishing something or breaking through that glass ceiling or whatever it is that you look to, to aspire to in life. Mm-hmm this should be a bourbon that you want to have with you. This is, this is, this is a, um, you know, this is a brand that we feel, um, you know, will carry well, uh, you know, with people as they, as they come up through the ranks in life or they've already reached that point and they're like, I just like really good bourbon. Um, Right. Right. I mean, I don't, look, I don't, I don't drink to, you know, I don't, I don't want to put down, uh, you know, the, the Russo pour, um, you know, and hurt myself (laughs) anymore. (laughs) You know, what I want to do is I want to sit down and have, have a, have a nice pour that transports me and takes me someplace that I'm not right now. 
right? Of course, um, of course. And that's a, it's an experience, right? When that liquid hits, hits, my, hits my lips, I want it to be this transporting, this kind of transformative experience for me, um, much like you do and everybody else, right? It's, 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 it's a way to, um, you know, kind of change or elevate your experience. Well, and I think when you're going that route, it's such a sensory experience when you're dealing with good bourbon that the, if you've put a product out there that has the quality to do that, to heighten, to give a user experience that's not like others on the market, uh, it's easy to educate the public to that because it's all in that delivery. You can't look like a million dollars and then sit and tell them they're going to like sip it and go somewhere and have them sip it and go nowhere. Cause that's yeah. not going to get a second bottle bought. But if you can go and like, uh, I've, I've had this sitting since we started talking just to let it aerate a little bit. When you get that nose and that nose is creamy and inviting and you're, Oh, okay. I think I've made yeah. a good decision here. Like, like it, it from start to finish, if you can deliver, then people are going to talk about it. And you guys came out of the gate strong, 113 proof. I mean, that's a solid, you didn't mix it up any. You didn't go, here's a little, here's a lot, here's some more. You're like, here's 113. It's a fair representation of what we're trying to put out there. The bottle's yeah. great. The marketing's great. The whiskey's great. And then you delivered. And then the people have uh, kind of flocked to it. One of the One of the things that Jim told us, at that first meeting um, was that uh, the bottle design, the look and feel will get people to buy the first bottle. What's inside is going to get people to buy the second, third and fourth and beyond. Right. right. So he's like, that's great guys. Yeah, it's going to look good. I love that. But if it doesn't taste good, you know, you're one and done. Um, and so we were really focused on, on that. And, you know, it took a while to arrive at 113 proof. Um, you know, and, and, you know, the, the, the proof that we, that we tested ran the gamut 113 was the one that came out on top. Um, and, you know, we think it's got, it's got, you know, you, you're, you seem like you're a high proof kind of guy. Um, I, I go back and forth right now. I'm, I'm in the high proof. Yeah. And, and it can be, you know, it's, it's enjoyable. Um, you know, uh, but 113 was the sweet spot and it's really, you know, it's a great um, sweet spot. It's not a great too sweet hot spot. And not too, not too, you're going to get a flavor with 113 that you're not going to get out of a 90 proof. And you're not going to scare off people that are, that are wary of your 126. Right. Right. It's not like, um, you don't have to fight this one. Right. 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 Um, what are you getting on the nose there? Well, the nose is not, the, the ethanol is not coming off of the nose. The nose is yeah. smooth. It's creamy. It's full bodied yet it's light somehow. Like it's it's a very yeah. inviting nose in that it doesn't one thirteen should have burn, but it shouldn't melt the nostrils. So yes. you're getting a balanced sweet right off the bat. Uh this is what what's the you don't have to go into specifics, but is it high corn? Is it high rye? Um I can't, I can't go into really any specifics on it. It's not, it's not a, um, uh, unfortunately, I wish I could. That's nope. the, you are, like, you are as, all much, good. as much transparency as I can provide. I'm always happy to. You are um, all good. I understand uh, company needs its secrets. Uh, I, I'm getting 
Uh, you don't have to confirm or deny. I will tell you what I'm getting, and the people can take my my palate as a example of if they like if that if that's their jam or not. Uh, I'm definitely getting uh, the sweetness of of obviously corn, and I'm getting some spice. I'm getting a lot of spice in there from what I would assume is uh, a fair portion of rye. It's full bodied yet light. The the nose has the burn of the uh, ethanol, but it does not encapsulate it at all. Like it, it is very, very light on the nose compared to what I would think for a 113 proof. Now I've let it aerate for a minute, so it's not going to be as harsh as it was right out of the bottle, but it does have notes uh, that are inviting and tells you that you're going to get a more complex sip than you would. It's not a one note nose. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I, I pick up, um, you know, I, I, my, my, uh, my Cream. ability to pick up uh, the nose, it starts, it, it, you know, there, there's plenty of complexity to do it uh, with me, but it kind of starts with brown sugar for me. Right. Um, you know, and that's just, I think that's just kind of like a, a, you know, it's a childhood memory of, of sneaking a spoonful of brown sugar, you know, and I'm not supposed to. Um, and I can't believe I would ever do that. <laughs> right, any right. time in my life that sounds not all that great but um you know that that's that's what i picked up first um but you know certainly some baking spice uh there as well maybe a little caramel of course uh it, you you get all of the notes that you're like you're getting the sweet notes and everything that comes with that for sure. Uh, I think where the complexity comes in is on top of the vanilla and caramel and uh, maple, uh, uh, the brown sugar and all of the, all of the goodness you're getting a hint of Oak and you're, and I hate going too far down the rabbit hole just because you tell people something and then they're going to go, yeah, I get that. And that's Mm -hmm. not really what I'm trying to do. Uh, But I do think that there's enough going on in here for you to enjoy, uh, for it to entice you into what will then be a, what I'm going to guess is a solid palate. So yeah. cheers. I'm going in. Going in, do it. Oh, it's very good. Oh, you get like a, you get a wonderful, it's like, so it's, it's creamy. It's night. Oh yeah. The whole thing plays together so nicely. You get it's a it's a light, creamy, and then the bur- like there's levels to it. Uh, creamy up top, followed by a burn mid tongue, and then the hug kind of follows. Oh man! And then the finish, like I took a sip of it about thirty seconds ago. The one thirteen hits you on the finish, but it does not on the palate. That is insane. Like, uh, well, no, because it's like, it's dangerous is I guess what I'm saying. Cause the drinkability <laughs> of this is going to be through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, uh, 113 will pack a wall up for sure. Um, but you don't feel like you're drinking 113. Mm-mm. At least I don't. I stand by my assessment though. It's got to have quite a bit of rye mash it's got to have uh quite a bit of rye in the mash bill just because i'm getting so much of that baking spice in there and so much of that spice and that's a good thing i absolutely adore uh uh, i I love rye trying to pick out what else is in there though getting some of that dark fruit 
Mm, I love that. I love that finish, man. I really love that finish. Yes. That's good. It's very good. Um, I had somebody walk me through. Uh, uh, everybody does it differently. Everybody does their um, their tastings differently. I had a very smart friend of mine uh, tell me that the first sip, you're going to get the alcohol. It's a story. You're going for uh, a beginning, middle, end. The first sip, you're going to get the alcohol. The second sip, you're going to get the flavor. And the third sip, you're going to have like this wonderful expansion of all of it as your tongue has become kind of uh, used to what it's drinking and will then pick out the other flavors that it's getting uh, outside of the initial offering. And uh, there is, there is a solid amount of dimension to this. I think 113 was a brilliant way to go because it makes it interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it makes it much more interesting than, you know, call it a, a bottled and bond proof. Um, right. Um, you know, that would have made our yield much, you know, much more substantial. Um, sure, but I think sure. it would have diminished the, it certainly would have diminished the quality of the final product. And that's, you know, we're, we're seeking to make people happy, right? We want them to like what they're tasting. We want them to have, you know, say, can I get more of this? Well, um, you made me happy. I'm saying I want more of it. I'm having a hard time finding it myself. <laughs> Seriously. Yes, it is. Yeah. It is in high demand. Uh, I, I'm also getting a nice, like once it, the beauty of a good whiskey is one that you can sit with for a minute or two and keep getting new things out of. You do not get the toasted up front. You get the toasted at the end of it, which is super interesting. Like I've been sitting here now, uh, about two minutes and it's just now like a whole nother level of like a creme brulee level, uh, crunchy sugar, like that toasted mm -hmm. crunchy sugar flavor just hit the sides and the back of my, like the, the back of the sides of the back of my tongue, I'm trying to say. That's a really interesting, uh, so yeah, the, the kind of the, the, um, the top of the creme brulee. Right. J yeah. Just that, that straight up yeah. the crunchy, the crunchy sugar. Yep. Yeah, it, it's it's to combine that with the creaminess that you get off the top of it in the first or the second sip is uh, it's very very good, very very good, sir. I uh, love to hear that. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's. What would you pair it with? Mm. Oh, that's a very good question. Because this is this is one of those. Because you wouldn't have, maybe you don't have to. Maybe your answer could be, no. I wouldn't pair it with anything. No, 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 no. I love, I love these questions because certain, uh, if it's high corn, maybe it would go great with barbecue, but this whiskey is better than barbecue. It needs to be enjoyed with like, I want to say a ribeye, but I think it goes straight up to like the filet cut. All right. Well, you know, because a fillet is yeah. uh, a fillet is uh, tender, where the ribeye it's got a little uh, that fat content gives it a little different flavor. But the fillet is sort of the the standard when it comes to texture and taste. So 
Yeah, I think I'm going to go because I got to go meet. I know it's not going to go with like, I don't see it going with like a, a nice um, red snapper or something like that. It's good, but you still pair your fish with your wine. Um, I'm just glad you didn't say tuna fish. <laughs> tuna fish sandwich. Yes, if you put a tuna fish sandwich with red pepper in the oven for 350 for 30 minutes, that's that's what I put this with. No, I, I, I see... Um, like we were talking at the beginning of the conversation, uh, I picture a nice restaurant with low lights and you sit there and while you're waiting for your meal to arrive, you order this and it just kind of uh, captures the mood of the room that you're in. Yeah. It, it definitely pairs itself with that upper echelon environment. Yeah, just kind of ease your way into that into that mm-hmm. meal, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I seriously, I think the um, the best thing you've done here is put it at 113 because it's still, we've been talking about, I started sipping it about six minutes ago and it's not dissipated. Like it's, it's got a wonderful finish. It's sticking around and you wouldn't That's have good. got it. We want it to stay with you. You, you call your doctor if it lasts more than, um, you know, three hours. <laughs> if it lasts more than three hours, just call Mike and have him uh, send you some more, some more whiskey. <laughs> That's right. Good job, buddy. Very good. Uh, we're, 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 uh, we're glad that, uh, that there's been a positive reception to it. We think, we think we, uh, you know, we think we've put out a really good, a good whiskey. Um, you have. I think it, you know, it can compete with, with, um, with many out there, um, you know, with a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a, uh, you know, an edge, which would be, you know, how it looks on your shelf. You know, this isn't something you want to like, you know, stick in a box in your garage. It's should be displayed. Uh, Devin hit a freaking home run with that. The bottle design and the butterfly, where did the butterfly come from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, the butterfly, um, the butterfly was from Devin. Devin, Devin basically came up with this concept that, you know, we were, uh, you know, trying to, uh, you know, rethink, um, the way the bourbon industry works, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, this idea of everything is called, you know, ancient something, um, you know, and, and, you know, paper labels that are, tan and brown and kind of drab. Um, so this to Devin was a metamorphosis and what, uh, you know, what embodies the idea of a metamorphosis or a change Perfect. rather than a butterfly. Of course. Um, and you know, the butter, the, the butterfly has been interesting. You know, you ask like one of what one of the lessons was in the last round, uh, you know, when we were, when we were launching, well, we found that in certain instances, these butterflies have disappeared off of bottles. <laughs> What do you mean? Right, like, like people are taking them? Well, like almost like a, like a, um, uh, what do you call those? A, a, a hood ornament. Oh yeah. You're, you're, it's just getting kleptoed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> How do you fix that? Is there, is, do you have to use more glue? Yeah. I think it's more glue. Um, more glue, you know, it's a, a design process. Um, you know, it would be more uh, expensive. You could always impress it, uh, like, like indent the bottle to like smoke wagon. They have that coin yeah. that is indented yeah. into the bottle. I, 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 I guarantee you that, that it's 
probably not cheap, but that would stop that. Yeah. It's, it's just an interesting element that we didn't, you know, we never would have thought would happen. Um, don't know where they're, you know, what people are doing with them or what they're, you know, what they're using, but them for, but, um, I'm sure there's a second market. Uh, Hey man, you want to buy some of this, you want to buy some of this blue run butterfly? Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. (laughs) It's so, it's so fascinating. Um, you know, but you know, you know, people can, people can do what they want. Um, and the, the experimentation is kind of fun, but, um, you know, we just, the, the goal here for this company is to produce great product. Um, it's to connect with our consumers in a way that, that we think other brands haven't. We're accessible. Um, you know, if, if people email me, guess what? I'm going to get back to them. Totally. Um, and that's so needed. You know, uh, pay it forward. The people that were inclusive and included you, you're including others. It's a, it's a, the right way to do it. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's, um, this community, it, like we talked about is so welcoming. Um, you know, we're just, we're happy to be a part of it. We want to, we want to nurture the relationships that we've built so far. Um, you know, and, and, you know, we haven't released a lot of product yet. So, um, no. you know, but we have more coming and well, what's it's, next? It's what, gonna, what comes up fun year. Yeah. What's coming out in yeah. 2021? Well, uh, it, we have, um, we're going to have a, a single barrel. Of course. Nice. Nice. Um, it'll be, it'll be 13 and a half years. Mm. Um, uh, Jim tells us that these barrels are actually aging. Um, well, they're improving with age. Good. Um, which we really like to hear. Um, better than the opposite. Yeah, exactly. That's going to be, I'll just put it this way. It's going to be a proof bomb. Nice. Nice. Um, and, uh, we're going to have a rye, um, our first rye coming out, uh, this summer. Oh, I love a good rye. You're going to love this rye. This, This rye is, uh, this rye is, is fantastic. Um, and uh, but let's just put it this way, a few other goodies coming up, uh, uh, you know, uh, throughout the year, um, you know, but the single barrel is going to be a lot of fun. It's um, uh, it will, you know, I, I think you've probably seen some of the some of the um, some of the posts that we've made on social that kind of that are teasing what this uh, will look like. Um, I'll just say this the single barrel is going to look really nice on a shelf next to the next to the 13 year um you know they're 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 um you know uh devon has has drawn us closer to art pieces i think right right uh, i yeah. i would agree with that the bottles are just so freaking gorgeous that you you throw different colors and different arrangements into the mix with that bottle that he has crafted. And, and I think it's, you're going to have collectors, which is what you want. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, you know, the, the, the design element there for Devin is, is, you know, he wanted to keep it uncluttered. He wanted the, he wanted the liquid, uh, to shine through. Right. right. Um, and not, not be covered up. Um, you know, I, I like, I kind of liken it to, um, you know, the minimalist design that Apple 
um, has with their products. Right. Right. It's just not overwhelming that, you know, we didn't feel the need to have to, uh, you know, uh, somehow condense our entire story into this little tiny strip of paper. Right. Right you know, provide people with a, with a magnifying glass so they could read it mm-hmm. uh, before they bought it. Um, no, nope, I'm looking at it right I, now. It, it is, it's elegant. The shape that you've chosen is unlike anything else on the market. It, it likens, uh, the mind goes almost to, almost like a cognac, like one of those higher end cognac bottles. And you, your eye goes immediately, butterfly, blue run, it, it, you can tell a designer, like a good designer, has put this together because it flows the way it's supposed to. Elegantly paper taped over the top of it. Yeah. Bourbon whiskey. One third. For, for the consumer out there who might be bourbon curious, mm-hmm. um, you know, <clears throat> it's it's an inviting it's an inviting bottle, right? Hey, maybe we should try something different. Right. Um, right. You know. This 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 bourbon community is is growing, uh, you know, astronomically. It's just it, it's, you know, I, I imagine that you're you're seeing your numbers go up and up and up because people want to just consume more content, more information, yes, yes. Um, um, learn more, and you know, our hope is that we're just going to grow along with it, right? We're going to bring people along who might not otherwise have an interest in trying bourbons or rise. And say, hey, this Blue Run stuff is pretty good, and it looks cool, and I'm going to give it a shot. And then they taste yeah. it, and hopefully they have the, ex- the same experience you just had. Well, Lisa Wicker told me you don't want to sell your first bottle. You want to sell your third bottle. Yeah. <laughs> she's, uh, she's, she's quite wise. And, uh, um, she's selling a lot of bottles. Oh, my goodness. Yo, she, she's <laughs> awesome. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. why. That's an easy yeah. one right there. Just straight up badass. Uh, yeah. So we've talked a lot about whiskey. What about you? What do you do when you're not uh, in the, what do you do when you're not talking blue run when you're not talking uh, and getting the, everything put together? Sure. Well, that's uh, my, my wife and daughter would say that that's all I do, but um, well, what do I do? I'm a big sports fan. Um, Who's your team? Uh, I'm from Seattle originally. So um you know, I'm going through a pretty difficult uh, divorce, I think, with Russell Wilson at the moment. <laughs> um, you know, uh, University of Washington um, and, uh, you know, the Mariners. I'm a, I'm a uh, you know, long-tortured Seattle Mariners fan. Right. Um, and uh, I'm a hopeful uh, I'm a hopeful NBA fan. Maybe one day uh, my Sonics will return to Seattle. <laughs> um, so big sports fan, um, you know, I like to exercise, exercise, stay in shape, uh, to the greatest extent I can, uh, with the time that I have. And, um, you know, I hang out with my wife and, and my family, my daughter's 10. Um, hey, my son so, turns 10 this year. Oh yeah. It's a, it's, it's a great, it's a great age if they're not at home all day, every day. Right. Right. It's yeah. a very interesting age because they start to they start to push the uh, authoritative boundaries. They start making their own opinions about things. And 
you have to be both nurturing and authoritative at the same time, which uh, a, a little boy, uh, see my daughter, she's got me wrapped. I don't know if I'm going to be handling it the same way when she's 10, just because she could tell me that the sky is orange and I'm probably going to agree with her. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly, yes, exactly right. Yeah. Where he, right, honey. he'll try and pull some shit and I'll be like, no. Yeah, yeah. No, we don't have social studies today. No. Go do social studies. But yeah. Mrs. Yeah. Mrs. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. You're trying to pull a fast one. Go do social studies. And and yeah. he, he's a little uh you'll you'll see him in politics one day. He is like a <laughs> uh, through and through, man. He is he's never been wrong. Um this kid, you'll be like, uh, don't can I have ice cream for dessert? No, you didn't eat your dinner. No ice cream. And then he'll come out with a popsicle 10 minutes later. And you'll be like, what are you doing, man? He'll be like, you said no ice cream. This is a popsicle. Technically a different form of dessert. Like, well, you got me. Outfoxed. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's good at that. The the, the little details, he swims between them. Yeah. I I like to tell my daughter that um, as long as she tells me the truth, I won't get mad. Right. Um, right. That's just, it's uh, it's going to be kind of the, the guiding principle, hopefully in our, in our relationship uh, moving forward. But we've had a, you know, that's despite a good being kind of locked in at home. It's been good. We've, you know, uh, she finally learned how to ride a bike. Um, awesome. Awesome. That wouldn't, that wouldn't have happened otherwise, you know, we just didn't have time. Everybody's going in these different directions and, you know, sure. it's almost like kind of a return to, to, you know, how I remember growing up as a, as a kid, you know, except there are all these devices now. Right. 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 iPad, the iPad is just, uh, it's, it can be an overwhelming force of, of, of nature. Um, we just take them away. We take away the iPad. We take away the switch. We take away, they're too young for phones. Thank goodness. But the, um, nope outside it's raining talk yeah. to one another i don't care you're not you're yeah. not going to sit. get wet yeah yeah or, or 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 play a board game i don't know put it put together a puzzle i grew up before the internet and not to date myself but we didn't have cable till high school so go make a friend yeah you that's too me. that's me yeah what I, my daughter asked me what i would do and I, I said well you know what i do i grab a ball and i go outside well who do you play with nobody Find a wall. I would just, well, what do you do? I kick the ball against the wall or I shot hoops for yeah. hours. For hours until right. you had to go back in. You, yeah, like, mom you, said it's dinner time. Yep. The lights would come on. The, uh, the street yeah. lights would come on and that's how you knew. Yeah. Uh, we were the same way. I remember, um, you know, just being outside and, and when Nintendo came around, it was like, um, it wasn't just a regular part of life. It was like a treat. That was like, Jesus, we yeah. sound a thousand years old right now, but it, it was, do. but, I'll, but I'll tell you, I suck at video games because I never played them. Right. Uh, I never got into the, I, I never, I never played any of the, like, uh, uh, it takes 80 hours of your week to unlock the box that takes you to the, I never did that. Uh, I liked Mario. I was a pretty big Mario kid. That, that was my level. Yeah, that's a good level. I think that's the, that's the, like, that's the pinnacle. 
Well, yeah, I mean, that was that was uh, but but even still, like my dad would be uh, uh, no, no, you've been playing it for uh, his his time scale was like 30 minutes. You've been playing video yeah. games for 30 minutes. Go outside. Uh, you, uh, OK, well, that might be why I, I, I know how to read right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it's um, parenting's difficult, but it's also it's also really rewarding. Um, oh, yeah. You know, it's. uh yeah, you have to have time and patience and we're still learning how to manage those and have more of, you know, manage time and have more patience and patience is the process. Yeah. Well, because you have to realize as they're developing their little uh, ids and egos that if you, if you, if you're just right all the time, you're, you're, you're kind of putting that flame out and you don't want to put that flame out. Like sometimes you have to let them be right because that's how they build that self-confidence to be right when you're not around. So that's right. I, I, I see hard. some, it's hard not to be right all the time, but it's, yeah, um, yeah. It, it's a lot a of lessons thing. to learn. Lots of lessons to learn. And yeah. uh, it, this pandemic has made it more apparent of just how little we actually knew about what they were doing. Uh, sitting in on zoom calls. Oh my God. Uh, there's this little girl in my daughter's class that my daughter's in kindergarten, but this little girl, uh, all the kids have like the sweet little kindergarten voice, except for this one kid. And, and she, she's got the voice of like a 65 year old smoker. And the teacher will be like, what did everybody do this weekend? And, and my daughter will be like, we played outside. And the other kids will be like, I went to a birthday party. And then you'll, you'll just hear, don't get me started. Oh, I thought we were going to go to the pet store, but my dad took me to Lowe's. Typical. <laughs> I just, I just lose my shit. And you can hear like parents laughing in the background and, and, and Miss Carlin will be like, well, uh, that's okay. Uh, it's, it's good to go to Lowe's. I hate Lowe's. There, I said it. I hate Lowe's. And, and you're like, you don't sound like a five-year-old. You sound like a, 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 a 45-year-old divorcee who's been drinking uh, and smoking Virginia Slims for years, just, just waiting for that thing to tell you about why her first husband left. That's what she oh sounds God. like. You just want a live stream of that. You know, here, here's the microphone, kid. Go for it. Right. Say whatever you want. Whatever's on your mind. We're all listening. Well, uh, every every Monday they start with, uh, has anybody had a birthday or lost a tooth? And you'll hear, I lost a tooth. <laughs> no, you didn't. I know you didn't. No. What have we talked about lying? You got me. You got me. <laughs> oh, man. But little moments like that, you know, little things that like uh, you, you wouldn't get to experience all that wackiness if, if you were at the office and, and she was in school. Like we've all gotten That's to right. cohabitate a little more than we probably needed to, but we all know each other a little better as a result. I think so. I think so. I'm looking forward to um, continuing to get to know each other better, but at the same time having space to, to, to grow, um, mm -hmm. you know, especially for kids, I guess, especially for everybody. Um, yes. Right. Um, well, I think the summer's going to bring that. I, I mean, I think we, uh, this last little, um, I think we see the light. We see more of the light than we have. Yeah. 
Yeah, hopefully, you know, these vaccination numbers continue to, to increase. More people are are vaccinated. And then, you know, hopefully, like you say, hopefully summer, um, you know, maybe we've got the roaring 20s again, right? Yeah, yeah. We just had a different kind of, um, we, we, we had a different kind of prohibition this go around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I always like to ask people, first off, thank you yeah. so much for your time. I have thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. It's always nice to see. Uh, I think everybody has an idea of what it is to be a whiskey producer. And it's it's so eye-opening, I think, when it's not just I want to do it and then all of a sudden I've got a bottle on the shelf in, in South Carolina. It's It's, we have an idea. Where do we go from there? And for most people, that's where it ends. But you guys, you went out, you assembled a dream team, you brought in Jim, who just freaking yeah. is the uh, uh, to go back to the '90s, the freaking Mac Daddy of uh, whiskey. And uh, if that's not an award, it should be. You just won Mac Daddy of whiskey. Um, I'll tell him that. I think he'll like that, or he'll <laughs> say, "What's that?" Or he'll um, say that's wiggity, 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 whack. He will. <laughs> that's definitely going to be his response. Um, yeah, you know, Jesse, it's so, it's it, some uh, occasionally I'll look over and I'll, I'll look at the bottle and say like, man, it actually happened. Right, right. Right, it actually happened. Because I think there, you know, for, for everybody watching this, I, 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 I don't think it's it's overstating the, the truth to say that everybody out there has had an idea, right? Yeah. Everybody has thought at some point in time in their life, hey, I've I've thought of something that could be a business or that I really love and I want it's my passion and I want to get into it. Or, you know, I've got this desire to be more entrepreneurial. Um, but all of us, myself included, you know, um, until this moment, I haven't acted upon it. Right. 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 It finally was it was it was, you know, the culmination of all these things. And the, the, the timing was right. The moment was right. The team was right. Um, and it just it, it it you know, it's rewarding to, to think that, you know, man, I finally, you know, finally went for it and did it. Yeah. Right. And you've and well, you've done it well. And I, I think it's uh, to come full circle. You could have ignored that. You could have seen that you had all of the pieces uh, lined up properly and you could have not pulled the trigger. It could have it could have stayed on the writer's room floor and you could have. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, Devin, we've we've talked about it, but I, I don't think now's the time. And, yeah. and Jim, sorry, buddy. I didn't mean to waste your time. I don't think this is going to happen. But you did. Yeah. You persevered. You put everybody together. You did your Lord of the Rings thing. You assembled a, uh, a, a, a fellowship of the Lord of the Blue Run and, and you've uh, delivered a delicious whiskey. Well, thanks for saying that. We're we're glad. Um, I like that analogy better than the uh, Captain Planet one. Um, yeah, I. Uh, it's you know there are plenty of good ones out there. Um, we're just you know we're happy that we work well together. That's the other lesson we've learned is you've got to you've got to pick your your actual business partners wisely, mm-hmm. um, because there's so many things that can come between you, um, little details or life events um, that, that, you know, that can, can pull people apart. We've stayed, you know, really close, really tight. We work well together. We communicate as effectively as, you know, as, as we can. Um, 
you know, it's, it's, um, I, I mentioned it earlier, it's, it's, it's humbling. Um, you know, I never thought that, uh, that, you know, uh, you and I would be talking because, you know, three years ago, um, you know, this wasn't something that was even on the table and, you know, fast forward and here we are and dude, it's awesome. This is, this is like, this is a joy. We should just start it. We should start a, a podcast. We should do this every week. Yeah. Right. Just go yeah. through the, uh, I, I was thinking of that a minute ago. We could easily go through the ups and downs of uh, small business, entrepreneurial, just the operational ups and downs that you go through while you're dealing with problems that nobody else can know because you've got to be public facing and it has to be perfect. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's the crux of every company. Uh, you said it well a moment ago that you've got to pick your business partners well because you are going to have to disagree at some point and you can't let emotion get in the way when you disagree. It has to be factual. There has to be a reason behind it. And, and look at the industries that you've come from. They're high, they're high paced. They're industries where smart people excel and you don't excel by going, I disagree because I don't want you to be right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's our Ted talk. That's our next Ted talk. Yeah, that should be our next Ted talk. Um, (laughs) you know, that's how it all comes crashing down. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, so far so good, but, um, you know, every, every release is an opportunity for us to try to prove ourselves to, con- to the consumer base out there, right? Every, every chance that we have to present the Blue Run brand to people mm-hmm. needs to be this elevated experience. It needs to feel like a, uh, you know, a, an elevated luxury experience um, that transports people to a different place that makes them yeah. taste different things that allows them to go be creative or, you know, enjoy other, whatever it is in their lives that they enjoy doing. Um, well, you know, um, the and, thing about uh, whiskey, you, yeah, you can, and hopefully, you know, we're, we're part of that journey for people. There you go. There you go. And you can't, the hard part is you can't rest on your laurels. You've done it right once. Now people are going to expect you to do it right every time. And, and, and if you, if you do just as good as you've done with this first round, people are still going to be upset that you haven't done better. It's, it's, it's daunting. Like the next phase for you guys to have come out of the corner swinging as hard as you have is that you've got to start, you continue knocking people out. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. And it's like, um, you know, in terms of, you've got to be willing to put yourself out there. Um, right. you know, I've, in terms of my professional career prior, I've always been, you know, the, the guy behind the guy. Right. Right. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of risk. Obviously there's nothing is for sure in this business. It's capital intensive, it's labor intensive, it's time mm-hmm. intensive. Um, and you know, there, there's no such thing as a sure thing. And so you just got to kind of, you know, um, you got to be willing to, uh, to be confident and, and go for it. Um, so look, I encourage a lot of, I encourage people to, to look into to, to this industry and if they're interested, give it a shot. Um, uh, your ducks, you know, in a row, um, because it's fun and you get to hang out with people like Jesse, which, you know, <laughs> do that all the time. It's awesome. So, um, seriously, I've enjoyed yeah, talking we, to you. Yeah, man. It's great. 
well, how about this? When you get the rye and you get the barrel strength and all the things, come on back. We'll do it again. You got yourself a deal. Rock and roll, Mike. Well, I like to always ask people, if there was a Mount Rushmore of distillers, if there was a Mount Rushmore of whiskey, who would you put on your Mount Rushmore? I mean, front and center is Jim Rutledge. Yep. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's hard not to, uh, um, you know, put him, put him there. Um, that's a really, that's a really difficult, um, that's a really interesting and difficult question. I mean, there are so many, there are so many folks out there, um, who deserve to be there. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, um, Boy, Jesse, I don't know. I don't even know where to start. Um, I, you know, my mind took me to what? What am I drinking now? What am I liking? Um, <laughs> it doesn't have to be hard. It could be one gigantic statue of Jim Rutledge that just like yeah, sits on the side of be, a mountain. It could be one. It could be one gigantic statue. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I mean, there are a lot of great producers out there. I, I you know, I have a um, a particular affinity for. Um, uh, you know, for Samara Davis from the Black Bourbon Society. There you go. Um, she, she, and and Trey Wade from from the Black Bourbon Society um, are uh, just you know uh, epic human beings. Um, you know, you could probably grab anybody from the Beam family and put them on that uh, on that Mount Rushmore. Totally. Um, if, if you're playing you know, wrestling rules, they're like the hearts. You can just put the whole yeah. family in. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, legendary. Um, but you know, I think, um, you know, along the way there have been so many people who've been helpful and supportive, um, and given us advice, you know, those are the folks who really belong there as well. Right. Um, and people out there can make great, uh, great bourbon. Um, but it's the folks who've really welcomed us, um, and given us advice and, and offered their experiences along the way that have actually helped us, uh, you know, the most. Um, so we're, we're really grateful for those people and that for those people who are actually watching it, you know, who you are. Right. Um, right. Right. Um, that's the beauty so, of that, that. That's the beauty of the industry though. Like they, they, they saw you trying to accomplish something and they helped you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's just, uh, there's more good people in this industry than I have found in any other. And it's, it's just a, it's a wonderful thing to be a part of. It sure is. It sure is. We're lucky to be here. We we're, uh, hopeful that we get to stay. Oh, I think you will. You keep doing what you're doing. You'll, you'll be around for a while. Knock on wood. <laughs> All right, buddy. It's been wonderful talking to you. Uh, I wish you nothing but continued success. Come back and see us again. We'll, we'll, we'll do some more. Uh, we'll do some more blue run goodness. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks, Mike. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. All right, everybody, there you have it. That is this week's episode. Uh, we want to thank Mike from Blue Run for coming on the show and for putting out such a delicious whiskey. I Since this episode, the rye has now come out, and I was able to get a bottle of that too. And let me tell you, the rye is freaking fantastic. So if you see Blue Run on a shelf, follow the butterfly, baby, because it will not lead you astray. It is some tasty, tasty stuff. And we want to thank Mike for coming on 
on the show and, and telling us a little bit about it and how they got started. Super interesting guy. I love talking to smart people because you can always feel the passion come through when they talk about what they're good at. So thank you again, Mike. And thank you guys for listening. Come on back next week. We're going to have more Bourbon Showdown podcast. It's going to be another great episode. So if you would, please, before you go, hit like and subscribe. Find us on Instagram. Do all of the things that you do, and we thank you for it. And until we meet again, raise your glass and kick some ass. My name's Jesse Jones, and this is the Bourbon Showdown Podcast. See you next week, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.